What's going on? This is TJ Murphy, and welcome to another episode of Adventurous Entrepreneurs. My guest today is Molly Rose Speed. A single bold moment at a conference was all it took to set Molly Rose on a transformative journey. When she approached a stranger and voiced her aspirations, she didn't just change the course of a conversation, but the direction of her life. Starting from a place where she no longer found joy in her work, Molly Rose understood the adage, if you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you get. Desiring more, she took that leap of faith to not only launch her own business, but also to inspire others to find their passion and achieve time freedom. Today, Molly Rose's heart and focus are centered on people. As the founder of the Virtual Assistant Academy, she is on a mission to empower military spouses, providing them with training and opportunities in the virtual realm. Every step of her journey underscores her belief. Success isn't just about chasing a dream, but also taking that first crucial step toward it. Just a few of the golden takeaways Molly Rose shares in this episode are why sheer persistence can get you started in your career. Starting a successful virtual business as a military spouse, what not to do when you hire a virtual assistant, and how to do it the right way. So without further ado, this is me and Molly Rose. Welcome to the Adventurous Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Murphy. Since quitting my corporate nine to five and starting a business while backpacking through Asia back in early 2017, I've had the privilege of learning from some incredibly adventurous entrepreneurs. Through these conversations and my own journey, I've learned that much like in life, entrepreneurship is an adventure. On this podcast, I explore the journeys of top performing leaders in their fields. These wide ranging conversations include tactical business advice, how I built this insights, lessons in leadership, life hacks, travel stories, favorite hobbies, and insights into living a purposeful and joy-filled life. Adventures await us, so let's dive in. Hey, hey, Molly Rose, welcome to Adventurous Entrepreneurs. Hey, TJ, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be talking to your audience today. Oh, likewise, this is going to be a fun conversation, so let's just get into it. You mentioned in our prep for this interview that there was one pivotal moment that really got the ball rolling for you in your entrepreneurial path. Can you share that story and just give us a bit of background on what led you to become the adventurous entrepreneur you are today? Yes, absolutely. So I uh, found myself as a military spouse, uh, wasn't part of my plan. I thought I'd you know graduate college, do corporate America and climb that beautiful ladder that they paint for us. And I uh, realized really quickly that that wasn't the path that I had before me. And the pivotal moment for me was I attended a conference for high potential seniors in college, young professionals called Succeed Faster. And the term entrepreneur was introduced to me. This was 14, 15 years ago, right? Now it's yeah. the buzzword. Yeah, for sure. And I realized that you, I could make money with some knowledge or service that I have without working on a, in a W2, meaning I could sell my services to do that. And so that shift in, I'd call it like the biggest freeing moment of my life that I can make money on my own without being employed um, is really what set me on the trajectory that I'm on today. So I quit corporate America and started doing just that, offering services and getting paid for it um, as a virtual assistant. That's awesome. So at this conference, like, did you have any sense of what direction you were going to go down? Like, how did you ultimately decide virtual assistant was the way? To 
Good question. So I left the conference, honestly, like in tears, I was 23. I was like, my whole world is different. And I had to go back to my corporate job that they wouldn't give me a day off for this professional development event. So that was a big red flag. Um, And so from there, nothing was the same. I couldn't, I couldn't focus at work. I was like, this is just a dead end. And it was a a great career in healthcare. I was in finance and, you know, had a great upward momentum ahead of me. Um, And out of that, one of the people that attended the conference was crowdfunding for a student loan documentary on student debt. And they needed a social media manager to help them raise $75,000 to pull this off. And I I applied for it and I had no idea what social media management was back then. I didn't know what crowdfunding. And I was like, I figured this out. And he hired me, gave me a great retainer to start. And and we did, we successfully raised that money. The film went on to CNBC and got bought by Netflix. So it was like what? my name. I know it was like a great Wait, first. What, what documentary is this? It's called Broke, Busted and Disgusted. Broke, busted. I'm going to have to check this out. Yeah, <laughs> super, super interesting. And the student debt, you know, exposing that world. So, um, and I'm, I was passionate about it too. So it's kind of like the, the cream de la creme right out of the, the gate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a break. And honestly, just the courage for you to say, well, I may not know what I'm doing or how to raise $75,000 for this crowdfunding campaign. What the heck is right. that? But I can learn. I've got the skill sets to be able to adapt and and roll with this. So yeah, exactly. Yes. And, and so that led you to ultimately starting your business that you're running today. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So the founder of that documentary, uh, he lost his executive assistant during the the time that we were crowdfunding. And I asked him literally five times. I'm like, just, just let, hire me, hire me. He's like, no, you're doing this. No. And, and I just was persistent. And he finally did at a really low price. I'm like, just let me prove myself. And within a month we had doubled my retainer and I worked, I still work with him today. It's been, you know, 10 years. So oh, wow. That's um, yeah, super cool. Cool. Yeah, a testament to the quality of work if somebody's going to keep you around for yeah. 10 years. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Let's let's fast forward to where things are at today here in August of of 2023. What's going on with with you and your life, your business and what has your focus right now? Yeah, so over the years fell I'm a military like I said I was a military spouse and fellow military spouses friends, women stay-at-home moms would say how do I do what you do? You're working remote, you're traveling the world, you're making great money. What what are you doing? Like, what's the secret? And so one too many Starbucks dates later, I created a program, um, Virtual Assistant Academy, and I've certified over 150 professional virtual assistants. And so we have a training academy. And then now we also have a placement agency for our professional virtual assistants. So my goal right now is really professionalizing that space because it's it's there's a lot going on in it uh, 12 years later um, and bringing some really talented people to the to the marketplace and to the industry to serve online entrepreneurs of all sorts. So that's yeah, my business Definitely life. is a major need. And I'd like to paint a picture here because I think it's safe to say that most modern entrepreneurs have either thought about outsourcing work to a VA or a virtual team at some point in their business journey. And I'm curious, like, what is the right way to go about doing that? And specifically, like, deciding what to outsource and and how to do it Mm -hmm. in a way that's actually going to create the best opportunity for success? Yes, love this question. So we service a lot of clients uh, for VA services. And the number one thing that sets a successful client apart from someone else is their clarity when they come to us and we can help you get there. But if, 
nine times out of 10, a client is coming into us and they're so overwhelmed. They've worn what I call 27 hats, right? We started this business and we didn't realize we have to do bookkeeping and business development and marketing and all the things that go into it. And they're told by a coach or a consultant that they need to hire someone, they need to hire a virtual assistant, um, but they don't have any idea what that looks like. So a, a few tactics that I share with people is that you might've heard this, but where you write down, you know, everything you do for a week, I know it sounds tedious, but yep. down to you call your mom, you get on a podcast interview, you send an email, you do a business lunch, you update a blog, whatever that is, and then come back to it with a fresh perspective and realize a, all the things that you're actually doing in a day and pat yourself on the back and then begin to realize all the things that you really should not be doing. Um, in those are things that either need to go to an existing person on your team, or likely if you haven't hired a new a team member, it's probably a virtual assistant that you're going to bring on because they can do a lot of things for you, kind of a jack of all trades. So that's kind of the first part of, of helping entrepreneurs get that clarity that they're doing too much. And, and here's a task list to start with. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I've certainly heard it before. I've done this practice myself and it is very, very eye-opening. And like you said, it's also great to be able to see and pat yourself on the back and we're like, okay, maybe I didn't think I got a lot done today, but holy cow, look at all of the things that I did. But mm -hmm. then you start to notice those things that you can certainly delegate off to someone on your team or bring in a virtual assistant. But what I've found the pain point for a lot of people is, oh my gosh, I'm so busy. That's just one more thing that I have to do. Do you have a specific way of going about doing that audit and actually getting that information on paper or in a spreadsheet or something like what's the best way that will actually get people to do that work? Yeah. Uh, so if you're digital, I think having either even just a, an Apple note up on your screen, you know, split screen and, and yeah. shifting that brain. Um, if you're a little more analytical and you can actually pay attention to things you're doing, meaning you're not squirrely or, you know, the extra creatives, which is rare if you're an entrepreneur that you don't have that trait, uh, using something like toggle and actually using a timer on what you're mm -hmm. doing and shifting from thing to thing. That's getting people to do that is, is very, uh, it doesn't happen often. Um, but honestly, and I have a guide on my website, but just having a piece of paper with you or a little notebook and just dedicate that week to doing it and staying focused on that. Uh, maybe putting a buzzer on your, your smartwatch that makes you check in like every 30 minutes to make sure you're doing it. Cause you'll get into a cadence. Um, but you just have, you, you truly have to commit to doing it. Cause there's no yeah, other way you around have to it. Commit. And I like the idea of reminders because certainly we all either get in the flow and then hours go by and you're like, Oh, well, crap, I just did a bunch of things, but I didn't write any of them down. And I don't remember all of the things I did. So yeah. having that like hourly reminder or something to keep you yeah. focused on the task at hand, but also reminding you to write it down. Sounds like, yeah. Good and it doesn't have to be perfect, right? Even if you no. get 60% of it or if you're doing fine. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be in line, especially if you do it over the whole week, maybe you only get 60% on Monday, you really crush it on Tuesday and get everything in there. And then the rest of the week, you're only getting like 60, 80%. Looking at the whole week holistically, you'll be able to fill in some of those gaps, I would imagine, based on just what you know to be true in your standard routine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And if you're a side hustle entrepreneur or you don't work full days, I extend that, you know, or if you don't, it doesn't have to be a week. It can be two weeks of just yep. kind of keeping this tally for yourself. Yep. Awesome. And is there anything that you see like trends or things people consistently get wrong when it comes to 
hiring a VA or virtual team? Yes. Uh, the onboarding period is the, probably the biggest breakdown. Again, that busy entrepreneur hiring a virtual assistant, they're so busy that they don't even have time to do the proper onboarding of a person coming into your business. Um, we see a lot of breakdowns here. So when you go to hire, making sure that you have those dedicated calls scheduled to what I say, enroll them in your vision, get to know mm -hmm. your business. What are your systems? What are your softwares doing a password handover? That's one of the biggest headaches of being a new team member on, on a team, that third third party authentication that we all have to deal with, you know, kind of getting that off out of the way. Um, and then setting up, you know, 30, 60, 90, uh, start, stop, continue conversations. It's stuff that we do in corporate or corporate is pretty good at that in entrepreneurship, we kind of forget when we're building teams, how important that those touch points are. Um, so I think that that's something that should not be, uh, pushed to the side. Yeah, definitely. And I think another thing I've come across talking to people about hiring a virtual assistant is just the, the actual skill level and the, you know, the hierarchy of tasks that you can actually offboard or offload mm -hmm. to someone mm -hmm. else. What are like some of the common things that, that your VA team will typically take on and like really low level stuff, but also maybe some of the higher level stuff that people not might not think about that they can actually, you know, delegate to a virtual assistant. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, that I do a lot of educating on what virtual assistants do and don't do because what they do is so vast and some virtual assistants might do some things that others might not. So it's, it's it really is person independent, dependent, but, uh, our team is, has eight core competencies that they're focused on. And some of those are email, uh, management. I, I call it inbox zero by Friday for clients. And they love that. And it can be done with a VA, um, really good calendar scheduling. That means making sure the zoom link is there. The notes are there. You're, you're not double booked. Everything you need to be prepared for that meeting is right there in the calendar invite, um, travel booking, you know, that goes without saying what we know what all that is, uh, email marketing. So sending out your newsletters or your broadcasts or your sales emails, doing some light funnel work in, in those systems. Um, we have a catch-all called task management. So this is where clients are like, I need a PowerPoint created, or I need this PDF edited, you know, transformed and edited or sent to somebody. Um, customer support's a big one. And then social media management. And lastly, um, we call it research or KPIs. So if you're an entrepreneur that's tracking your stats, your growth, then being able to go pull your numbers on a weekly basis to see where you're at, that's clients really like that. Like, oh, I haven't been doing Definitely. that and I should be doing that. Um, and then sky, yeah. And then sky's the limit. So those are our, our entry tasks of our team. And then um, some go off to learn unique systems like course creation software or website software, and then they can help you in advanced ways. That's awesome. And in terms of just how, how you structure it, I know there's probably lots of different models out there, but in terms of hiring a VA, like what can people expect? Is it just as needed hourly? Do you have them on some kind of retainer or monthly subscription? Like what, what does it look like typically? Yeah. So my recommendation and how we work as well is 
don't hire a virtual assistant or if you're a virtual assistant, don't work for less than five hours a week on average, 20 hours a month. Energetically, it just doesn't work if you're just doing a few hours. Um, yeah. And that also reserves the time for a business owner to be able to have that dedicated hour a day that they can get plug in with a virtual assistant and a lot can get done in five hours a week. Um, so that's what we call fractional virtual assisting. You don't have to hire a VA for full-time or part-time. You can do five hours a week. Um, and then we have a model set up where you work one-on-one -on -one with your virtual assistant. They become a part of your team and you can directly hire them or you can hire them through our agency and we handle the billing and bookkeeping. Um, but that's mostly how I, I recommend working with virtual assistants. So usually work directly with one. Um, it's my preference not to have, you know, like a, t a task list thing where that would go out to a client and some random virtual assistant does it each week. I'd, mm -hmm. I'd stay clear of that type of yeah. model. Build a relationship so that they can understand how you work, how you function, what your business is all about, get better at doing the tasks you need them to do through repetition. That makes Correct. sense to me. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, changing gears here a little bit, I noticed you talk about the pitfalls of staying in your comfort zone and and the trap of just continuing to do the things that you're used to doing, hoping that eventually something's going to change. You're going to catch that break and everything's just going to take off. What advice would you give to someone who is feeling trapped and, and really wants to free themselves either from their nine to five or even free themselves from the business that they're building, that they've really become the bottleneck in, which was my experience early on, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I've been there as well. Uh, I think knowing that if you want to scale, you need to hire or put systems and automations in place. I'm a proponent of both because you can save a lot of money through systems and automation. Um, and, and actually having the conversation of relinquishing what I would call that control, you know, you start the, this business, it's your baby, it's your thing that you've been doing forever and releasing those tasks to others can be really, really challenging. And uh, just knowing that there's better people out there to support you in these tasks. So the admins that I'm working with and myself included, we're extremely efficient. So us checking an inbox for 30 minutes to you might seem like a waste of time, but we're probably getting through three times what a business owner is really professionally, because we're not attached to the outcome. We know we have systems in place to kind of close the loop on emails that keep the chain going as an example. Um, so recognizing that there's better talent and better efficiencies out there to support you in doing that. That's awesome. What about somebody that is not a systems person? Do you guys help out and kind of come in and help them mm -hmm. see the vision for what's possible and, and really show them like what needs to be put in place? And even do you help them put it into place? Yeah, definitely. So a lot of the conversations I have with the virtual assistants is meeting the client where they're at. And so, you know, we want we want our clients to be working in something like Asana, which is a project management yeah. tool as a, an example. But if they don't want to do that and that's going to slow them down, then at a bare minimum, let's use an Excel spreadsheet for the tasks and due dates and accountability at the, you know, so, so we do have a lot of those conversations. Um, and, and, and I do encourage them to keep kind of pushing the envelope a little bit like, Hey, we can automate your scheduling. If we set up Calendly and it's mm -hmm. going to save us all this time, you're going to look like a professional and you probably won't even have to worry about it. Would you mind the $10 a month to do that? You know, and they're like, usually a course. So, so just having that, that uh, autonomy for a VA to be able to kind of step in and make those suggestions. I love highly that. recommend. Yep. 
yeah, it's so much higher level than I think how people would typically view a VA as just mm -hmm. a task doer. But it sounds like with your team, the people that you've trained and developed, the talent that they have is far greater and they can actually think strategically and come in and say, you know, hey, Mr. Johnson, like we see this problem here and here's a solution that we can easily implement for you. What do you think? And yeah. like that nine out of 10 times, person's going to say, absolutely. <laughs> make no me look good. Make my life easier. Yes. So, yeah. Being solution oriented. That. Absolutely. So you're very in tune with what's working today to make businesses more productive and streamlined from automation to delegation and everything in between. Do you have any like productivity tech hacks that, that you use or recommend to clients or just people that are in business in general? Yeah, a lot of my tech hacks revolve around email because I'm really passionate Ooh. about email. I go as far as saying that your inbox is kind of a place for abuse because people email you all day long. They expect a response immediately. Otherwise, you're getting a follow-up the next morning. You know, we've all been there. And, and it's a place where you can literally spend your whole day. Um, so these aren't novel concepts, but rather you challenges like uh, don't check your email before 10 a.m. every day, or if you start your day at seven, maybe it's 9 a.m. If you can do that, you know, speaking with a real estate agent, they can't do that, right? They're, yeah. They got to be on, but um, doing those, using your brain power and your most productive part of your day, which usually is the morning to not be in your inbox following someone else's needs, but rather moving the needle forward in your business, whatever that looks like for you that week, I think is a huge game changer. Um, if you can respond, if you respond to an email or open an email to read it, if it takes two minutes or less to respond, always respond. This happens all the time. People don't do that. And then they have to come back to it and it gets pushed down. Um, that's super important. I have a lot of hacks on how to organize your inbox, especially if you're using Gmail, there's a, a setting in there that takes it out of, um, the way that it is with the folders and it's called priority inbox. You can probably mm -hmm. Google it and figure it out pretty quickly. That's a great way to, if you have an assistant working with you um, to kind of delegate who is answering what in a really quick way. Um, so those are just some email hacks that I think are, are super important along with scheduling to just, uh, it, just stay out of it. <laughs> it. It is such a black hole. I know I was in that trap for the longest time where I was just in my email all day long. And I had like reminders to myself. I was sending myself reminders and checking those to know what I had to do that particular day. And then you're just getting distracted by all mm -hmm. the other inbound, everybody else's needs that are pinging you. So being able to set some boundaries for yourself and setting rules around email, like not checking it right away. I think that one is easy to implement. And like you said, yeah, if you're, if you're in sales or yeah, real estate's a great example, it might not be feasible. Yeah. You need to respond to people quickly. That's how you make your livelihood. But for anyone that has that ability, like focus on that number one thing for the day and don't even open your email until yeah. 10 AM or whatever that time. Yeah. Is. Yeah. And if you have an assistant, I think control and in inbox is probably the, the last thing people want to can give up. There's a lot of issues around this, but utilize your assistant to clean your inbox answer for on your behalf and only leave the the money making or really important things that you need to answer at the end of the day. I love it. I love it. So I'm sure you are not shy about investing in yourself. What is one of the best or just most worthwhile investments that you have made in your own yeah. personal development could be an investment of time, money, energy. Does anything yeah. come to mind? 
Yeah. So uh, Jack Canfield, he is the co-creator of Chicken Soup for the Soul. And he wrote That's a book right. called The Success Principles. Okay. Yeah. So he hosted a conference and it, I was supporting a client. I was in his inbox and it came through like a thousand dollar ticket to this $3,000 client um, conference. And I was like, uh, I'm going to go. So I signed up and uh, attended and, and I had met, I'd heard about his right-hand woman. Her name's Patty. And I cornered her actually in the bathroom and I was like really nervous. <laughs> and I said, hi, my name's Molly Rose. I worked for this gentleman for a year. He's always said, you're my Patty. Cause she was his right hand. I was the right hand for this same guy. I started working for 10 years ago yeah. and uh, I own a virtual assistant company. And anyway, I just wanted to say hi. And she's like, okay, you own a VA company. So the next thing I know, she put me on stage in front of the whole conference oh. and said, we've been talking about time and, and, uh, outsourcing this girl owns a virtual assistant company. You guys need to talk to her. So I just got flooded and it really kickstarted my business. But Amazing. the investment part came from, uh, I hired her as my coach out of that program. It was most, the biggest investment I ever made, the best investment I ever made. Um, and I was terrified, you know, it was, it was like group coaching, but it was still over $5,000 at the time. And now <laughs> as a result, we're business partners. She's Whoa. the brains behind chicken soup for the soul. And I'm helping empower women in technology and business through her brand. Right. So it's, okay. it's so cool by just putting yourself in a situation, flying to a conference by yourself, meeting people, introducing yourself, even though you're nervous that where it could take you along the way. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent same holds true for me. It's been the moments where I was terrified because either, oh, I don't have this money to invest, but I know I need to do it. How can I make it work? Or putting yourself in that uncomfortable situation of approaching somebody that's way higher up in, in life than you are and someone that you idolize and look up to. But mm -hmm. when you do those things, that's where luck finds you. That's yes. the intersection where opportunity lies. And you know, for anybody that is in those situations, it's like, if your gut is telling you, this is something that's going to be impactful and worthwhile. You should go for it. You know, Absolutely. I, a little, maybe the money hurts in the short term, but the value you get out of conferences from coaching mentorship, there's lots of ways that you can you know, get those things for less investment. But if you have the, the resources to do so, it's just a tremendous gift. that's going to pay off exponentially, exponentially down the road. So Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Through that work with with your mentor, with Patty, have you had any new habits or, or beliefs or behaviors that shifted mm -hmm. for you that have been most impactful or improved your life or how you do business? Yeah, Mike, um, her big message is permission granted, again, a female driven brand, but it's it's you can give yourself permission to do whatever it is that you need to do. And a female in a, bus a business world or a man's world, you know, we kind of say, um, it's it, my confidence has soared. My, the value I put in myself now working with her has also soared. You know, my, when I pitch myself, I, I have way more clout behind the services that I'm offering and more belief about my agency or, or the ability and the imposter syndrome of training 150 virtual assistants, like no, I should be doing this. So she's really empowered a lot of that in me. And that's been really cool. And, and now I get to help her audience, you know, in that same regard, yeah, I'm hosting hand that down and yeah. empower other people. Exactly. Exactly. I'm hosting a retreat at my home in September for 10 people, her community. Um, and I've never thought that would have happened. Right. Super yep. cool. Never yeah. would have, if you hadn't approached her. Right. right? 
right. That's super it. neat. All right, Molly Rose. So this is a podcast about entrepreneurship, about business, but one of the biggest hurdles that most successful entrepreneurs or really just people in general face at one time or another is living a well-rounded life and doing the things that bring us joy with the people that we care about most. What does that look like for you? So a lot of what I talk about is, is freedom. And I believe there's two great, um, commodities in the world that we put forth and that's the commodity of money. And once we have enough money, we need more, we want time and time freedom is my most important thing. And that's what I help people create through outsourcing. And then I go on to say that it's actually relationships that matter the most and experiences that matter the most. And so, you know, once we reach an income level, that's comfortable in America, it's, it's not as much as you actually think it needs to be. And you'll re you'll reach that pulse point, I, I guess, then you want more time. And I think realizing that that's a available to you, if you put some of the things that we talked about in place. Um, and then for me, it's experiencing and, and doing that through travel with the people I love. So I'm constantly traveling. I know it's something we're going to talk about and, um, and spending time with friends across the pond overseas going awesome. on these epic trips. And so that's, what's most important for me. And I prioritize it. And though it stresses me out a little bit when I come back to my desk, cause there's so much to do. Oh, yeah. Um, it's worth every penny to do, to do that. Yeah. We're, we're both in agreement on that. And that is certainly my wife and I's biggest priority is mm -hmm. how can we, how can we travel? How can we go on adventures and do it with the people that, that we love and care for our family and our friends? And yes. I'm curious, do you have any, like rules or, or habits or practices that allow you to make that a priority and, and make sure that that, I, that is happening consistently throughout the year in your life? Um, well, I don't say no. So there's that. People ah, ask me great. to go. I just yeah. go. Um, but I, I prioritize at least two out of country trips a year. So that's really important. And I have some great resources to be able to do that. My husband's now an airline pilot, so it makes flying a lot easier. Right. Yeah, um, and then I'd say at least once a month we're, we're with friends somewhere out of town. So it's just, it's just scheduled, you know, the last, yeah. the rest of the year, we don't have things scheduled. And I said to my husband last night, I said, okay, it's August. Let's schedule the rest of the year. So I'm, I'm just always ahead of it. I love that. Yeah. We're, we're the same way. It's so important to us to have at least one international trip a year. And then we know there's always going to be weddings and, and family mm -hmm. trips or weekend getaways and all the things in between. But we make sure that we have at least one big trip planned. And now that my wife's remote, you know, we can make those trips even longer because we can take our work with us and, and serve people from anywhere in the world. Yes, so. absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. I love it. Well, on that same vein, I do have a choose your own adventure question for you. So you can pick which one you'd like to answer or or both if you so desire. But number one would be what's a, a favorite place you visited in, in the past few years? Or second, what is just a recent adventure that you went on? And in either case, what was it like? What was it? What made it so memorable? Like, who were you with? Maybe a favorite meal or drink you had a lesson learned. Tell us the story. Okay. So favorite adventure. Um, this is pre pandemic, but I'm going to count it. Cause I feel like we got to fast forward through, through that. So we'll call it yeah. a few years ago. Um, so when my husband's military and he deploys all this used to deploy all the time. And, uh, so when he deployed, I would go overseas and travel by myself. And so this last solo trip I did, um, consisted of, um, 
Budapest, Vienna, Prague, Slovenia. And then I met him in Croatia and we did 12 days and and just that experience meeting him after not seeing him for five months in a foreign country was freaking epic. And then hiking and doing all this. And then we had friends surprise us in Dubrovnik. And the, the, the best part about it was, um, his birthday, which he had told me years ago, like, I want my birthday to be at Oktoberfest. Um, this year. And so we went to Oktoberfest. That was all planned, but I had 15 of his best friends show up and we had the best party of our life. So if you haven't been to Oktoberfest, it's, it was by far the best day of my life for multiple that reasons. Sounds awesome. Yeah. So oh my that's my favorite. And I think it's because it's nostalgic. It was my last solo trip. I don't know if I'll get another one for a while. And uh, cause yeah. now we travel a lot more together. He is more flexible. So it's great. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm so happy to hear that he's uh, in a position now where travel just can become all the, yeah. the easier for life. you guys. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so good. Well, as we wrap things up here, do you have any ask challenge or, or parting advice for people listening? I think for all the entrepreneurs out there listening, if you're overwhelmed, uh, it starts now, even if you don't think that you can afford a virtual mm-hmm. assistant or don't have the time to do it, start now by documenting the things that you do every day And use something like Loom to record your screen. And that just starts you getting your your training deck available, right? Or identifying those things, those repeatable tasks that you can start outsourcing. If you can just kind of baby step it and and start before you're ready, you'll be ready to go and and go farther faster if you can start with that mentality that you're going to outsource very soon. So Yeah, I, I cannot emphasize that enough and, and echo it because that was one of the biggest things that I regret early on was just not, not documenting, not creating SOPs, everything just lived up here. So mm-hmm. then when it, when it was time where it's like, okay, no, I actually need help. If I am going to even have sanity or, or be able to continue this business, then it was so painful because I had to go back and, and do all of that yeah. work. And it took so much of my time, but loom yes. is one of the best tools. I, I probably use that the most yeah. out of, out of any software um, that I pay for. So if you're not Absolutely. familiar with Loom, go get that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Screen record your life and send people cool messages at the same exactly. time. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I, I just use it to yeah send send notes to people after I meet with them or yeah. you know, just follow up emails after meeting with a client, kind of recapping a call, talking about next steps and what we're going to be working on. So many Absolutely. things to do with it. So yeah. Molly Rose, this has been awesome. I really appreciate your time. Where can people find and support you online, website, socials, things like that? Yeah. If you're looking to hire a virtual assistant, we have a consultative process and agency to do that. It's virtualassistantmanagement.com. If anyone's looking to get a talented person on your team, or if you want to become a virtual assistant, I have a great program at virtualassistantacademy.com. And I'm Molly Rose Speed, and I'm on LinkedIn, and I hang out on Instagram, and I am happy to chat via DM. If you have any questions about anything we talked about, happy to help. Awesome. Well, we will put links to all of that in the show notes for everyone listening. And if you are looking to outsource, looking to hire a VA or just want help understanding if that's even possible and how you can do it, definitely reach out to Molly Rose. And then if you're thinking about starting a business, a VA agency or just becoming a virtual assistant is a very great way to get to six figures Mm -hmm. plus. So definitely get in touch with her. And thank you for all the value. This has been awesome. And I'll be following the journey very closely. Thanks, TJ. I appreciate it. 
To all of our adventurous listeners, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Please be sure to subscribe, download, and share this on social media or with someone you know will get some value from it. Leaving a review goes a long way in helping people find the show. And I personally appreciate reading them when they come in. So please go drop one if you have the time. We'll see you all next week. And remember, whether we're talking about business or the things that bring us joy outside of work, life is meant for exploring. So go out there and live it one adventure at a time.